Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here. Jason Davis, we're back again with more of our solutions programming all summer, talking about solutions. And we got more of that for you today. Uh, like I've been telling you guys for two years, stay out of the hospitals, um, which are now nothing more than imprisonment camps where they euthanize people. Uh, but our guest today is actually doing something about that. He's a, a highly decorated veteran of our special operations forces. And now he's the CEO of his own telehealth organization, Remote Health Solutions. Adam Hartage is with us. Thanks for being here. How are you? Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jason. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. Uh, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. All right. It's a pleasure to have you. And let me just say uh, thank you for your service. We really appreciate it. Uh, respect the military tremendously, especially the soldiers. Um, so let me start with that because the military, as we were just mentioning, with health freedom is really under attack with these mandatory vax uh, policies and so forth. As a serviceman yourself, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, you fought for freedom and they're restricting the freedom of people fighting for that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting question that you bring up because as somebody who, well, so for example, let me get, I'll step into this question. So we just, since we've got a long format, I'll just kind of, I'll give you a long answer there as opposed to a short one, but it's going to be a complete answer. So, um, last year when, when we saw the mandates and the lockdowns happen with the COVID vax and, uh, you know, hospital workers getting fired for standing up against tyranny and uh, standing up for medical freedom and everything else. As a company, we said, well, we're going to, we're going to build Noah's Ark for medicine. Uh, we're going to establish medical economy 2.0. We are going to find a way. I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to hire every single hospital worker that was last year's heroes. And now they're this year's zeros for refusing to get an experimental jab. Um, so then that naturally brings across people say, oh, well, you're just an anti-vax person or whatever else. And I say to myself, well, no, I was 20 years in the military. So the last thing I am is anti-vax considering I've had every single one of the anthrax shots plus the boosters plus, I mean, you name it, yellow fever and on and on and on, every single vaccine under the sun. 
I drew the line for myself personally and my family with this one because I could tell early on that something in the milk was sour and that this was a different deal. And so now when I started looking at the mandate that across the force and they're kicking people out and they're giving them dishonorable discharges, which is absolutely punitive, unnecessarily so, and it's horrible and it's awful. And I mean, I feel bad for my brothers and sisters that are still, you know, trying to figure out, I mean, we get calls from them a lot. Hey, can you give me a medical exemption? Can you give me a religious waiver? Uh, well, no, we can't do medical exemptions for U.S. forces because you guys fall under uh, federal law with regard to, and it's part of it's that's part of the, the nasty bit that you signed up for. I mean, there's a thing in the military where they talk about, you know, uh, it could cost you an arm and a leg. And, and that, unfortunately, is the, uh, is the real nut of it. And um, there's no place on earth um, more directive towards the mission and less caring about the individual than the U.S. military. Now, I understand there's a purpose and a place for that. However, I personally think that this is medical malpractice, that this is criminal negligence, and that this is willful negligence on behalf of the CDC, the NIH, the FDA, all of them. Uh, I, I, I think that this is a fight absolutely worth fighting and standing for. Not only that, but the, the, the FDA-approved vaccine, the Comirnaty, will never be available on the market. Pfizer has admitted that, and the reason why, and I'm sure you know, is if they were to actually sell that as an FDA-approved vaccine, then they are open to criminal liability and product liability. Right now, under operating under an EUA, emergency use authorization, they will never be held criminally or medically liable, and that is the game that they have played. So they're using our servicemen and women, and it's horrible, and I'm completely against it in every way. And we are fighting against this in every way that we can. So here's your long answer, but that's a it's a complete one. Yeah, it is absolutely. Now you bring up a good point with the Comirnaty vaccine. Interestingly, interestingly enough, you bring that up because just in the last week, vials of this stuff has started to show up on military bases all across the country. Have you heard about this? I have not actually. This is news. Yeah. Well, it has. And um, Dr. Jane Ruby, Stu Peters have reported on it. Um, they are showing up in multiple military bases. And what they've actually started to uncover is that they're just putting the labels on the vial. They really don't know if it's actually the Comirnaty stuff or not. You should look into that, though. It's pretty interesting. Um, you know, it's funny. These days, it seems like news comes at me pretty fast and I can barely keep up on an almost daily basis because I don't know about you, Jason, but I feel like we are pretty close to peak insanity and <laughs> peak stupid as far as society goes. And that's yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this is like we've got to stop the wheels from coming off at this point. Yeah, there's no question. Now, do you feel like a lot of military personnel share your views or is it is it a minority of the military? At this point, I would say it's very much a minority of the military, and this is the scary aspect of this to me, because the purge has been ongoing for uh, a lot longer than since uh, January and through March of 2020, when this whole thing started. I realized in my own service, I left the service, I think it was, in, it was either in 2016, 2017, I can't remember exactly when, but I left because I remember feeling like um, my opinion was not welcome. And, and I, by the way, I have an awesome track record. 
I was one of the nation's clandestine operatives. I've recruited um, multiple foreign agents on behalf of this nation. Uh, I have um, done some some pretty some pretty high speed things, and so and I have no blemishes on my record, and I have an honorable discharge from both the Army and the Air Force, and blah blah blah. So I held the TS for twenty years. I've been polygraphed seven times. So so my my record is not in question. Uh, but when I looked at the way that 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 I was being treated personally, and that um, that a lot of my colleagues who were like me, let's say um, white males um, who were alpha types, it was not really appreciated um, uh, the way that we were. I guess I would say, and I started to realize well. We're more focused on uh, EEO complaints, equal employment opportunity complaints. And, you know, if I stick my neck up um, about anything, uh, I'll immediately be called either a racist, a misogynist, a homophobe, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this, this doesn't make any sense. I thought we were supposed to be focused on the mission, you know, where the mission is uh, stop bad guy X from uh, hijacking a plane and flying it into a building. I kind of thought that was the mission of the, the the intelligence community and the military and everything else. But as it turns out, I was wrong. Um, it has changed. So I would say that the purge has been ongoing for some time. And um, those with the backbone and spine to stand up against tyranny, most of them have been purged to date, I would say, sadly. Yeah, it's a pretty common theme. Uh, a lot of this started under Barack Obama. People don't really realize the damage that he did behind the scenes, appointing judges and, uh, you know, communists to all kinds of government positions and uh, a whole bunch of other things. But part of that was also the Obamacare. And a lot of stuff that was in that, I think, is a precursor to some of the things that we see today. You know, one of the big things when Obamacare was passed was all this talk about you know, the uh, rights of life. When you're older, they can just cut you off. Well, see, now mm -hmm. you see, now you start to see that here in the hospitals. It just, you know, you go in and they just cut you off. They imprison these people. They won't let their family get them out. And then they sedate them. And then they use a drug like remdesivir, which causes all uh, organ failure. And they basically kill you. Right? Um, well, it's also important. You're 100% correct, first off. Um, but then second... So what was interesting is I did not realize how insidious Obamacare was, uh, you know, what was it, 10 years ago or whenever it was like first, um, you know, pitched on the scene and when, when they first started shopping it around. And I didn't really, frankly, pay that much attention. I mean, because I was a, you know, mid thirties guy. I was healthy. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting to raise a family. I'm still deploying. I got all these other things. There's only so many things you can pay attention to in a day. But now, especially running this company, I am very well aware of how, uh, dark and insidious and evil much of Obamacare is. And, um, and this, this has been going on for a long time. And, and, and if you follow the money, you will get a lot of the answers that you seek. Uh, it's always very important to follow the money. So like, for example, in our company, um, follow the money. Uh, we, we have a hundred, I'll just use this as an, as an example. Like a patient can come into our network for 150 bucks a month. Uh, and they can, they can quit at any time. They have unlimited access to their medical provider. Unlimited. So meaning they can come see that doctor 10, 15 times in a month if they need to. And their, their monthly fee does not change. It's 150 bucks a month. 
uh, and that's it. So my financial incentive is for that patient to be healthy and to be in our network, but to not need to come see our doctor every month or every, every two weeks or every week. Because if that happens, then I'm losing money. Whereas if you look at a financial incentive of a hospital or the medical industrial complex, it's exactly the opposite. So a hospital, for example, let's just take COVID. Patient goes in there. Uh, finance, uh, the, the first thing that a hospital is going to do is probably code them as a probable COVID thing, even if it's not COVID. I literally have seen that multiple times with our family, with our employees, with people in our network. And sure. so the hospital wants to code them as a, as a probable COVID. So they're going to give them a COVID test. Okay. Fine. Which is a fake test. Which is, it's a PCR test. Let's not even get into the testing side of it, right? So, but whatever. So they're going to do that. And then it comes back. They're going to be positive or whatever. So the, the hospital gets financial incentive there. And then the hospital gets financial incentive to put them on remdesivir. Makes a whole lot of money for the hospital. Of which remdesivir causes complex organ failure, just like you said, and kills 54% of the people. 54% of the people that they even gave it to in the trials. In fact, it never even finished a, uh, like a vaccine trial because it killed so many of the people in the trial that they pulled it. And that Fauci was, knows that was for this. The, yeah, that was for the Ebola trials. That, exactly. And it was what? Yep. It was that like 20 years ago or 30, yep. whatever it was. Yep. At any rate. So we're, meanwhile, they've got something like ivermectin, which is cheaper than dirt. There are no um, uh, patents still uh, enforceable on it. So it's, it, it is commercially available anywhere in the world. It's over the counter and it's cheap. It's like 50 cents a, a dose. And, uh, and, and they want to rail against that, even though that's a number two registered drug on the WHO's uh, essential medications list and the number two drug on the NIH's own recommended drug for experimental treatment of COVID, SARS-CoV-2, right? Which let's not even get into that because we also know that SARS-CoV-2 was invented in a lab in Wuhan and the U.S. government paid for it. So meanwhile, I'm running around uh, the world thinking that I'm fighting the bad guys for God, country, mom, freedom, and apple pie. And all along, I'm really just protecting uh, Fauci and the rest of his clowns uh, from, uh, you know, uh, I guess, um, being being shown the light of day um, and uncovering the evil that they're doing overseas, which now our country has paid for this very scourge that has been reaped on humanity. The people can say that, that COVID is not a real thing or whatever else. I promise you it is. The disease is very real. The effects are very real. Uh, and the insidious nature of uh, it being a product of, you know, experimental um, creation and um, enhanced gain of function type research, all of that is very real. So the contracts are there, the background is there, but we just don't want to talk about that as a society. So we, but all of those issues, you could, we could spend an hour unpacking each one of those issues. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, you, but, so you agree and you know that it was man-made and lab engineered and released intentionally and all that. And it's absolutely real, but on a world scale, it's not nearly as dangerous as they try to make it out to be. Correct. Well, so again, follow the money. And so if we go back to the financial incentive too, now we're at the remdesivir point in the hospital, uh, their additional financial incentive is for you to go to the ICU. Then another one for you to get intubated in the ICU. And then finally, they get a Ventilator. grand bonus. Yes, exactly. Um, but did I say, yeah, exactly. Ventilator, intubated on a ventilator in the ICU. And then when you die, they get the biggest payout of all. 
Um, and you have no recourse for it. Not only that, but if your family wanted to get you out or even you had a uh, power of attorney, let's say, medical POA, uh, they're probably just going to ignore it or fight you in the court and you'll be dead before uh, it's even the before the hearing is even held. So I got, I got one better for you. Yes, I sir. talked I talked to a gentleman last week. You may have seen him. He's traveling the country right now with uh, Dr. Brian Artis and uh, attorney Thomas Renz. Scott Shara's daughter, um, I believe she was 19 years old. She had uh, high functioning um, Down syndrome, I believe, or autism. And she went in the hospital, walked in under her own power. I know the story. It's, it's heartbreaking. Just I know you're the doctor fabricated a DNR order and they killed her and she had no DNR. And they didn't even tell her parents. No, but they were yeah. on the phone yelling mm -hmm. at him. She doesn't have a yeah. DNR. And under law there in Wisconsin, I guess, if, if you do that, then even if yeah. you had a DNR, it's revoked. <laughs> You know, I was just with Tom Renz uh, last week in Orlando. He um, he opened our we had an, our annual provider conference for all of our doctors, nurse practitioners, nurses, and PAs, and uh, all of our providers. And he opened the conference with a discussion on medical freedom, and uh, that was that vignette was sadly part of of what he was talking about. But uh, the, I think people just need to understand: you are not the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> this is all real. Don't don't listen to a single word that I say. Don't even listen to what you say. Listen to their own words. Listen to what Fauci says. Listen to uh, what Rochelle Walensky says. Listen to what Noah Harari says. Listen to what Klaus Schwab of the WF said. Listen yeah. to what Biden says. Oh, yeah. Biden even just talked about last week. He said, you know, we need more money for the next for the pandemic. second for the yeah. second pandemic. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, that's a really interesting way of phrasing it because he didn't say for future pandemics. I mean, I would have said, yeah, sure. Okay. Like, but like, why we need, we need money for future pandemics. Okay. I, I think everybody can get behind that, but you didn't say that you said the second pandemic and then you followed it up. You even doubled down and you said, there's going to be another one. Oh, it's almost like, it's almost like they know it's, it's almost like they know it's coming. Did, um, you know, I could be a conspiracy theorist, but do I recall that Bill Gates and some of his buddies did a tabletop exercise last year talking about how monkeypox was going to spring I, onto the scene. I think that, on May I think that did happen. I think that did happen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that did In a fictional country, what was it, Bernia? Bernia yeah. was a fictional country? Yeah, I think that and did happen. What day? I can't remember. Hmm. It was the well, next day. It was the very next day. What day did, did monkeypox spring onto the scene? It's almost like there's... It's almost like they want you to know. But then meanwhile, they gaslight you the whole time. It's like, I don't know if you've ever been in an abusive relationship, and I have not. Uh, but I would imagine that it's something like uh, they they uh, tell you you're crazy and you're stupid. Then they beat you up and everything else. And then, uh, the you know, then they tell you exactly all the things that you accuse them of. And then you're like, what? You just said it. And they're like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's we live in the the age of gaslighting. and insanity it's, it's the twilight zone so it is. here's so here's the 10 million dollar question adam are we ever going to get our medical freedom restored in this country uh not unless you take it back okay how do we do that right now we have to win uh on the public stage 
and we have to win the debate of ideas and we have to, it is distasteful as, as it is. I was having this discussion a few weeks ago with, uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine who's a, a former, uh, operator as well, a tier one, uh, special operations guy and who's done a lot of things, chase bad people around the world, do bad things. Um, and, and he and I were talking and he said, well, you know, I mean, we, we don't go straight to revolution. And I was like, well, I don't know. And then in history, you know, if you look at kind of the way these things unfold, I mean, I've done four wars, you've done a few wars yourself. And I mean, it seems like we're kind of getting close to that point. I said, me personally, I want to, I want to see a resolution, not a revolution. And he says, well, you know, you can't go straight to revolution just yet anyway, because we haven't done our duty as civil, um, you know, members of this, this constitutional societal construct that is called America. We have not done our duty in the public square, which is winning that war of ideas, which is exactly what you and I are doing right now. We're sitting here, we're having this conversation and we're saying, y'all are just a bunch of liars and we're going to call you out on it. And I'm going to implore all of those who are American people, like true Americans or parents that care about the future of their children and the future of this country, I'm going to implore them to side with us and decide against and to stand up against. And because I think, I think we do still have a shot at peaceful resolution. Well, we have a couple of problems, right? So for one, few. Yeah. So, so for one, it appears that voting is fake. So, I mean, you know, I, I think anybody would agree that more people came out and voted for Donald Trump in 2020 than ever. That was the most energized election in history. Everywhere he went, there was 30,000 people. Every time I'd go out and drive around my town, there was mile long parades with cars flying Trump flags everywhere. Boat parades. You see it all over the yeah. news. Joe Biden didn't even leave the basement. And when he did, like four people would come. They, I love the, uh, the car say, rallies were the best. Those were like, where there'd be like seven cars in the parking lot, all honking their horns. I'm like, yeah. And what? then they say, but then they tell us that Joe Biden got more votes than any presidential candidate in history. He got more votes than Barack Obama, who was up until that point at that, the most popular, uh, presidential candidate ever. And so then my- Trump eclipsed that. But amazingly, Biden, uh, who can't stumble through an entire sentence without, um, well, anyway, got so 81 point, million. Yeah. He, so he, my point is voting is fake, right? And I think the Arizona audit and a whole bunch of other state audits all over the country and 2000 mules, I think it's all been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. So, so we have a big problem there because if the people are speaking at the ballot box, as is our society designed to do, and it's not real, then what are we supposed to do about that? Yeah, I think we keep doing the same thing we're doing. We just, you, frankly, uh, and I know that's horrible to say. And by the way, I'm not one of these people that sells hopium. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm not I'm not a Q and honor that says you know the military's got it. First off, for those people who are listening who think that the military that there's some secret plan and blah blah ridiculous. blah. Stop. Just ridiculous. Stop. Stop. It's 100 percent no. You yeah. Couldn't be, and then I guarantee you, somebody listening to this right now is going to be like, ooh, 
but he said no, which means he meant yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, I really didn't. It's and and it's important that we all look at the world. So as a businessman, I have to look at the business climate, the market, and the world as it truly is, not as I want it to be. Yeah, because I oftentimes, be I, yeah, oftentimes I want it to be different, right? You know, I mean, I, I wish you know we had thousand orders coming so, in every single day. But so you and I are on the realist. same page. You and I are on the same page there. I mean, you got to mm -hmm. be a realist, right? And that's all I'm saying. But we, we have the problem with elections. Then we have a problem with, you know, you talking about winning the war of ideas. Well, how can you do that when the media and social media shut down anything that goes against what the government says? You know, you bring up a very valid point. And, um, you know, my, my answer to that would be, I would say, November's coming up. So we got the midterms. We know which way it's going to go, uh, or which way it's supposed to go. We know where the groundswell of support is. And so if the same shenanigans crop up this time, I think first off, a lot of people are paying attention that weren't paying attention before. Um, so I think there's that going for us. Secondly, I have high hopes in people like Greg Phillips and Dinesh D'Souza and those who, and City Powell and, um, you know, the, the people that have been fighting the freedom fight and since 2020 and trying to, to, um, cast a light on the shadow. I, I, I believe at the end of the day, the truth comes out. It's just really, it sucks getting there. Hmm. So I would implore people that we're still in the, we're in like the second inning of this fight. We're not, we're not even close to like the seventh inning stretch. This is all just getting started and the wheels haven't even come off society yet. So, well, they seem to be, they seem to be trying to accelerate that very quickly. They, so well, they are indeed. So yeah. And you know, you probably timeline. know about that with your, they have, they have with a timeline. Your yeah, exactly. You probably know about that with your experience on trying to uh, destabilize countries. So let me get back to a medical question. We're kind of veering off into politics here a little bit. Yes, sir. Um, so with all of this, this vax uh, shedding that goes on and, you know, this mRNA stuff changing everybody's DNA and everything like that, something that nobody is asking, and I'm dying to ask you, what is the condition of the nation's blood supply at this point in time? Fantastic question. Um, you know, I was just on a podcast last week and they asked the same question. And my response was, so there, there is no great answer for that right now. The infrastructure, to the best of my knowledge, does not exist for an alternate blood uh, supply for, let's call it unvaxxed uh, blood, right? Pure blood. Uh, pure bloods. Well, it's Yes, exactly. It's funny that you say that because um, we have a program that we run in the company and it's called Pure Bloods. Uh, but then as well, also, the uh, interestingly, it's not just blood too, it's, um, but unvaccinated female eggs and male sperm are, I believe, going to be worth their weight in gold going forward. I mean, if you, if you, Let's take it to its logical conclusion, right? Okay, again, follow the money. It's not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a. I am a businessman who is trying to to 
you know, hire, retain employees, provide a service that is of value to the most people I can while defending the Constitution, freedom, mom, apple pie, all that other stuff, right? So let's take it from that perspective. But what do I see with regard to the blood supply? Okay, I would say, well, let's say it's even just a fringe element, maybe of only 15 or 20% of Americans that are unjabbed, which I don't believe that's the case. But let's just assume that's the case. Well, 15 or 20% of Americans is still uh, a large population that needs to be supported by technology and infrastructure and everything else and services. So it seems to me that it would make a whole lot of sense if you had a way to vet uh, unvaccinated blood, semen, and eggs that you would have a very winning business model right there, uh, at least from that fringe element, at least until it became not fringe anymore. So... Uh, I would say our company, we just haven't had the bandwidth to get there yet. I mean, we've been very busy the last two years doing everything else that we're doing. And I should say also, too, our company is not, it's not like it popped up because of COVID. We've been in business for five years. Uh, we were originally stood up to provide remote medical support to the military, deployed in austere environments overseas uh, to put uh, technology devices on aircraft so that there was always a doctor on board, right, even if it's virtual. So that's, that's how we started. And it wasn't until COVID came and they shut everything down and we realized that this is a whole new game, which was the game was tyranny. And we, where we said, okay, well, we've got to pivot as a company and figure out like, where are we going to, where, what are we going to do here? Are we going to, are we just going to close up our doors and fold and go home and, you know, all, you know, go, go do something else? Or are we going to take a stand and fight? And we've chosen to take a stand and fight. Um, I can I consider what we're doing a continuation of uh, our service, and I think it's if you look at if you look at the Solinsky playbook, the rules for radicals, the number one pillar of society that they take first is access to healthcare. Yeah. That's the number one because if you can control people's wellness, you can control their access to care. You can control a lot of things about those people individually. Yep, so that's, we, that's right. Yeah, so we just decided, hey, we're not going to play that game. So we are there. There's, I see you're wearing Rip Wheeler's shirt, <laughs> and so you will know that in Yellowstone, probably that Kevin Costner recently announced he's running for governor. That's right uh, in Montana, and he. That's that right. I love his speech that he gives, and he says, uh, "You know, people want to come here and they want to change who we are. They want to change what we're about and everything else." It's like, but understand this. I am the rock against which that change bashes and ultimately, you know, falls short and I will not break. And yeah. I love that. I, I, when I heard that, I was like, that is a fantastic. I can't wait to use that in a speech sometime because he yeah, is hundred percent correct. That sentiment. It was a great line. So I don't want we're running short on time. I don't want to run out here before we get yeah. to this. So remote health solutions, pocket care, you tell us a little about earlier subscription model, unlimited mm -hmm. access to doctors. Let me ask you a couple of questions here. Sure. Um, are you able to, is, are people able to get access to prophylaxis like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine through your doctors um, just to have on hand, not necessarily that they're sick? Yes. So the short answer is yes. We do. Uh, we, so first off, we've seen probably, I don't know, 2000 plus. COVID patients, whether it's preventive or post-exposure 
uh, or long COVID uh, or even COVID vaccine injury. In fact, we work with one group. It's called React 19. They represent about 14,000 uh, vax injured um, individuals. In fact, if uh, Joel Walskog is a name that you should remember, you should get him on your show sometime. He's, he's a great guy. Uh, they have a great organization. They're doing great stuff. But so, yes, we do preventive, we do post-exposure, we do long COVID, and we do um, um, vaccine injury. So because there, there are ways to detox from this stuff, and I'm sure your listeners, you know, they follow Dr. Zelenko, you know, God bless him right now. The guy's in the ICU. It doesn't look good. Uh, I'm sure they follow Peter McCullough, Pierre Corey. In fact, Pierre uh, is a good friend of mine. He closed our conference as the keynote speaker just last week in Orlando. Uh, there's not a lot of us that are in this space, right? I mean, there's you got American frontline nurses, you got the frontline doctors, you got myfreedoc.com, you got and there's us, Remote Health Solutions. I know I should be talking and pitching my company and stuff and getting everybody to sign up. And and I invite them to. I hope that they do. We have the best freedom network uh, for medical and ethics and everything else. And people need to come join us. And it's rhsusa.com slash pocket care. Come one, bring your family, stay for the we well, we always say is Come for the COVID, stay for the primary care. So you can you can do an acute care appointment if you need to, or you can get access unlimited, especially for people with insurance. They have high deductibles. If your insurance deductible is more than like fifteen hundred bucks a year, you absolutely need to be in a network like ours. What if you're in a PPO? So you're uh, you're all out of pocket, right? Like no insurance. Correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we don't we don't take insurance money of any kind, uh, whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, or any of the private pay organizations, uh, because. Once you take their money, you got to play by their rules. We don't yeah. like to do that. So I will just tell your listeners that um, we have the best discounts on pharmacy stuff um, nationwide that I've seen at 35,000 pharmacies. We also know the pharmacies that will work with us with regard to preventive uh, prophylaxis. Uh, just in general, as a rule of thumb, uh, I would recommend if your listeners are looking for solutions like that to find one of the freedom-loving uh, well-known and trusted and vetted medical network folks. And you can find all those through uh, the flccc.net. That's Pierre Corey's group. He's got a great list of stuff. Um, I, I your, your people probably know all this stuff, though. I'm not telling them anything they don't know, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's been around and familiar, and it's just so good to see uh, so many new um, alternatives. We, like you mentioned, I think you're kind of hinting at the alternative society, parallel economy. That's exactly what needs to happen. Um, yeah. you know, so the more, the better into this kind of space, but I just wanted to get some of that out. So you got the subscription model, unlimited access to doctors. You can get prophylaxis. How about antibiotics? Can you get antibiotics just to have on hand if you want them? Well, I don't know about just to have on, I won't, so first off, let me, okay, real quick, legal disclaimers. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving you medical advice. I am I'm the CEO of a company. I'm a businessman. I'm not a doctor. We, I have hundreds of doctors on, in our network, on our team. Uh, and I will say that based on an appropriate uh, consultation between a patient and their doctor, the doctor can uh, and decide what is, uh, is, 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 you know, the recommended treatment protocol and appropriate. I will just say that we have very, um, aligned, very freedom loving, um, doctors and providers. So okay. I, I think it's, it's well worth the time. And not only that, I would frankly, especially if you're a parent, I'm like, I, I'm a father of a three-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. And if you don't have basic antibiotics on hand, like amoxicillin or, 
you know, for whatever, when it's Saturday night at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock and little Timmy gets an ear infection. I mean, as a parent, you're probably not doing your job, frankly. Um, I would have some of that on hand just, just from a, you know, mm-hmm. just from a preventive standpoint, because little t- and it's always on, I, I don't know what it is with my kids, but they love to get sick on holidays, like Easter Sunday. And, and especially when we're out of state on vacation, you're like, come on, seriously, were you testing my network here? So, <laughs> or the middle of the night. Um, and yeah. then you've got, do you have doctors and coverage in all 50 states? Uh, we do. We do generally. I think actually we just lost one. So I think we're in technically we're in 46 right now, but we'll be back up to 50 and like with probably by the end of the week. So yes, we do. We work nationwide. Um, and, and okay. our patients, yeah, patients love it. That's, uh, it's, it's a good network to be part of. And the, the biggest thing that people, like out of it, if I was going to set one selling point, the best selling point is to be among those providers that you feel like you can get honest access, transparent care that they actually put your best interest and best outcome first. Because again, we'll go back to that follow the money thing, right? I don't, I don't make any more money if you are sick and need to see us 10 times. In fact, yeah. it really hurts me. Yeah. Our, so our, our best. Our, what we are going to do is give you the best care possible and get you healthy and well fast. It's so important. Like I said, you can't trust the medical industry. The whole, the whole thing has been completely exposed. You, I mean, you can't even, yeah, <laughs> stay out of the hospital, people. Um, what's your website? One more time, Adam. RHSUSA.com. Uh, in fact, if they want to look at the uh, membership access and the concierge level care, uh, they should go to rhsusa.com slash pocket care. We're running an early bird special sign up right now for 149 a month for adults and 99 bucks a month for, uh, per child. And that's unlimited access. Plus you get access to the pharmacy discounts and uh, discounted uh, discount labs, discount imaging, uh, all kinds of other good little goodies. Awesome. Remote yeah. health solutions, pocket care, CEO, Patriot, special operations, uh, Adam Hartage, a true patriot. We really appreciate you coming on. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. God bless, Jason. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 